as Amanda mentioned earlier, she, Gloria Moy, Lila Boyer, Cheryl Cochran, Novell Williams, bunches of us today went by the church again this morning to have meetings. Pete Grenfell joined us. Dan Lehman from the Collegiate Church. Just checking one more time on inside the building, the church house part, the 50 East 7th Street part. Looking once again at the skeletal remains of our sanctuary. Guys, it's a tough sight to see. It is a tough sight to see. And I know you've seen pictures. I know you've seen videos. It is startling to stand outside the church and see what remains. And I just want to use this moment to thank all of the people from the Collegiate Church who've been holding us, praying for us, the way Damaris and Andrea and so many came to be with us yesterday, the way we are one family bound together in cords that can't be broken. Thank you, Will, for holding the space of grief last night. Thank you to all of the people who came last night to pray with us and for us. It is your prayers and your love that give me the kind of ability to speak right now as I reflect on tidings of comfort and peace. Standing outside the church, we are teary and sad and the waves of grief come over and over again. But also, like you, we are full of memories of this place that has held us for so long, that has held generations since 1892. I remember the very first time I came to Middle Church. Felicia Thomas was on staff with Gordon Drott and had invited me to come worship for Easter. I was a grad student um, back, at, back at Drew working on a PhD. She said, come hang out with me for Easter, and I did. I pulled up in a cab on uh, Second Avenue and got out of the cab and saw a jazz band playing on the front lawn. I'll call it a lawn, but playing out front. And I was amazed at that. I love jazz. I was greeted at the door by Danita Branham with her beautiful curly hair, and I believe a drag queen, but I can't be sure, and invited in and hugged all the way to a seat. I sat close to the front because I just wanted to feel the vibes. The front is still my favorite, but I sat and listened to the Middle Church Choir blow me away with beautiful music. We had trumpets that day. And the, the hallelujah chorus was just like, Jesus was coming again and the angels were watching over me, my Lord. The gospel choir threw down, I believe Kendall Thomas sang a solo that day. And I thought, what kind of place is this? The second few times I came, I came to study the church. So I had focus groups with the choirs, focus groups with old members, heard stories of middle from the, you know, from the 70s and the 80s when Jerice Johnson started the gospel choir. I heard stories of all the ways that Gordon and the community, uh, Burry Marinson, all of the folks held this community during the times of the AIDS crisis, how we flung open our doors so that people could come and do funerals. What kind of place is this? I had come to study what it is about leaders who can hold multiracial uh, congregations. And I was just mesmerized by Gordon's, what we call schmoozability and how everybody felt loved and seen in his presence. 
The church was smaller then, but it was deeply, deeply intimate and lovely and warm and joyful. And somewhere in the conversations that we were having, Gordon decided that, that he was falling in love with me and I was falling in love with him. I don't mean anything by that. I just mean falling in love with each other's leadership and invited me to apply to be the person that would succeed him. I had a chance to preach in that context on King Day 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And I remember standing on that pulpit in that big white marble pulpit with the green pillow, remember that? And leaning over the edge of it and telling the people that were gathered, you are what? You are what heaven looks like. If there is a heaven, and I believe there is, it looks like this. And I started listing, I said, you know, we're black and we're white and we're Hispanic, I said, and we're gay and straight. And Gloria Moy said, and we're Asian. <laughs> and I said, that's right, Gloria. Danita Branham teased me that day. She said, I don't think we were nearly as multiracial as you saw us, but I had a dream and I saw what we could be. And my goodness, we have become that and more. We love all the people, all the ways. We are indigenous and Latinx and Asian and black and white and gay and straight and bi and trans. And we were 400 members then and we're about 1400 members now. Oh my God, I fell in love with, I fell in love with this place in those first days. I remember the very, very first time that I left the sanctuary with the gospel choir to go march in the Pride March, how it felt like Christmas, how worship was so incredibly badass and joyful. And then we like flew out of the church and walked to the subways and head uptown and got through the crowds and waited and waited and waited until it was time to march. And while we wait, we sang, we did that in the rain, we did that in the sun, we did that with umbrellas blowing in the wind, we did that hot, we did it so many times, 17 times now I've done that with you. Each time more special, each time more amazing. John and I got married at Middle Church in 2005. We thought if we put our wedding on Memorial Day weekend that nobody would come because who would come on Memorial Day weekend? But in fact, our sanctuary was packed out like it was Christmas Eve full of loving people. The funny story is that my, you know, John and I have been, we had done that before. So we were pretty unorthodox about our wedding. I wore a black <laughs> evening gown <laughs> that I had bought with proceeds from the first book I wrote and John was black tie. We went to dinner first at Pangea, came to middle for the wedding ceremony and then went across the street to the Sin Sin Lounge with a bunch of you all to dance. Yes, the Sin Sin Lounge. The sanctuary was beautiful. You were there with love. Kendall Thomas went to buy more champagne because we ran out. You all loved me into my marriage with John and have been so important to us ever since. We've had some adventures at Middle Church. Everything isn't always peachy keen. Sometimes we've had some tough conflicts, but we've walked through them together congregational meetings and conversations that have made us more open, more transparent, more loving, more generous. And then there was the time that Charles Randolph Wright and I stealthily made some of the Jesuses in the sanctuary dark. Do you know this story? Do you know that David Corrins, who was the um, 
set designer for Hamilton and for the Oscars, came to the church with cells, with, I, I think I'm calling them the wrong thing, but gels, that's what I should call them, gels, and went behind the stained glasses and used different shades of brown, beige, and taupe so that the Jesuses in our sanctuary are different colors. And of course there was CBS, A Bold New Love, wild, crazy, incredible, intense, filmed more than once, filled the sanctuary with people, gorgeous, stunning, bold new love that we will show again this Christmas. Guys, we've had so many adventures and, and, and those are just, just some of mine, some of my memories. And of course, in these days, in these last two days, I've gotten so many messages from all around the globe. Have you? I mean, Father Michael Lapsley from South Africa. Father Michael Lapsley from South Africa, praying for us and thinking about it. Friends from the American Church in Paris, praying about us and thinking about us. People from Australia, activists and ministries that we do work with, thinking about us and praying about us. People from all over the globe, all over the country, because do you know why? Because it isn't just our church that burned, it's their church that burned. Because of the work that you've been doing, middle family, because we were too small in some way in our sanctuary and started making a digital church seven years ago, people all over this nation and all over the globe call our church their church. Some 206 people have joined since we, since we closed the sanctuary for COVID. Ireland, Paris, all over the place. They've written us love notes. Valerie Kaur says, this is the first church that she felt as a sick American, where, where as a little girl, she grew up with people saying, you're not Christian and you're going to hell and all that kind of stuff, where she felt like this was her home. Laura Jones sent us a hug this morning. Our church is her church. Marvin and Vaughn wrote the most beautiful note amongst the choirs, remembering that they got married here twice, that Liam got baptized here that they, we did the letter writing campaign to support gay marriage together, remember guys? And the, the beautiful queer icon paintings around the sanctuary, the organ that Cameron Carpenter designed for us, the organ that I signed for to pay at the collegiate church, even though it was $500,000 and that was not my signature level. I did it because I didn't know, but we did it and we lived to talk about it all of the choir voices being raised up to sing the Little Magic Girl Passion, the Christmas Eve celebrations, my favorite, Soulful Messiah. Rocking out Jesus Christ Superstar. We got a note today from Carol Doyle, who's back, who got baptized at the church. Her daughter got baptized at the church. Her grandson got baptized at the church. That even though she's moved away, middle is her home. Thanking God that no one was lost. Thank you, Carol. And this is my favorite note that I've read so far. I don't have permission, but I'm going to read it anyway because it's in my inbox. But I got a letter from Jeff Bridgman. And if that name sounds familiar, Jeff is Graham's dad. Jeff says, quote, my child Graham informed us of the devastating fire this morning. I'm so sorry. 
I realized it was a building, not the church that was destroyed, but it was a place of so much life too. The memories, the songs, the laughter, the tears have sanctified the wood and the plaster. Oh, that's a preacher. Sanctified the wood and the plaster so that God's love was part of it too. Places are important. Jeff says, as a pastor, I can't think of anything worse than this sudden loss. I know our staff will be forever looking for those books, those photos, those mementos of ministry. I grieve those losses with you. And this is my favorite part. I'm grateful for all you've been to the community you serve. It was there, my child, we discovered faith. It was there he served in leadership, in worship and service that blessed him as much as others. It was there that he and Francis were married. I will not forget dancing down the aisle of the sanctuary as the wedding began, nor my teary hug and joyous dance at the reception with you, Jackie. You're in my prayers. Do you hear that? Jeff's dad, claiming Graham, his child. We've come out at Middle Church. We've become at Middle Church. We've gotten married at Middle Church, baptized at Middle Church, wept and mourned at Middle Church, thrown open our doors on 9-11 at Middle Church so people could come and wash dust off their face and have a cool drink of water. We've raised children at Middle Church. We've buried loved ones at Middle Church. You've got memories. Maybe you'll take a moment and write some of them in the chat. Maybe you'll send them to me an email. We'd love to know what you're thinking about. And at Chat and Chew today, we'll talk more about your memories. But listen, friends, we hurt so badly. Our grief is excruciating because our love is so great. We are crushed so severely because our joy has been so strong. We're connected to this space, to this place. We're devastated because we love it so much. If we didn't have such strong love and such fond memories, we wouldn't be in so much pain. I think the grief is a testimony to our love and that our tears are a comfort, like the prophet said. We're comforted because we mourn. We're comforting because we feel so deeply. And these waves of tears you guys have been telling me this last day come in like surprising ways, suddenly breaking down again, suddenly almost unable to breathe. That's me too, but... And if I'm honest, today I'm having just a little anger with my grief. Why? Why a fire? What happened? We don't know that's being investigated. But gosh, I'm so sad about it. And I'm mad about it. I am. And something else is also beginning to happen. I'm beginning to imagine that out of these ashes, out of our grief, something is going to emerge that will surprise us and delight us. Something about the way we'll be church together. Something about the way we'll rebuild, the way we'll make more space 
Maybe even get that corner lot and be able to increase our footprint. Something about the way we'll be able to make a space for children to learn in a freedom school and adults to gather and the community to be a center and art to happen and love to flow. Something is beginning to happen inside me where I understand the scripture today that calls us to prepare a way for our God is actually right on point. That out of the grief, out of our sorrow, out of the ashes, we are going to speak into existence something powerful and profound, something that will be a church for all of the nation, for all of the globe, a place where revolutionary love is spoken, a place where, where just love is enacted, a place where grief and dance, justice and play, righteous indignation and joy will all commingle a place where all of our multi-everythingness will not only survive, but thrive, what will thrive. I'm beginning to feel the beginnings of that as well. Our weeping will last for more than a night, middle family. But as we say the thing, claim the thing, conjure the thing together, our tears will also turn to laughing once again. And our joy will be unspeakable once again. And we will make new memories together, new memories to go along with the old ones together as we make a way for our God to be God to all the people, to be known to all the people, discovered by all the people because of the way we do church and the way we do love, because everybody's welcome just as they come, because we know God has many names and speaks many languages. And this loving God, this revolutionary God is one that God's people need to be in relationship with. It's so hard today. And Amanda and our staff and I and our board are here for you as we grieve. And we're also going to rebuild together. May it be so. Mm.